There are some brands that have stood the test of time. Iconic in their packaging and in flavor. Rooted in a rich history of making tequila like their family before them. I'm talking about Tapatio, the tequila, not the hot sauce. And today, we're going to learn more about this legendary brand and speak with one of the guys that launched it in the U.S. On this episode of the Agave Social Club Podcast, hosted by me, Doug Price. Welcome to the Agave Social Club Podcast. I am your host, Doug Price, and today we are speaking with Marco Karakashevich with the legendary brand Tapatio. Marco, thank you so much for being here and welcome. Yeah, thanks, Doug. I really appreciate it. And it's cool. So, Marco, you, you are a master distiller, which you, I know you are very familiar with, with making tequila, but you're also an importer and the exclusive importer for Tapatio here in the United States. Are, are you able to share one from a business side? What is an importer and, and how did you build that relationship with Tapatio? Well, yeah, I've been distilling with my family since, you know, since 83 when we started Charbet. Okay. And through the years, we, we gathered licenses for doing different jobs. And, and one of them was our importer's license so that we could receive bulk spirits to bring it in to, to bottle for contract bottling. And then we got a relationship with Carlos started. I was in Aspen and at the Autumn Food and Wine or Aspen Food and Wine Show. And I met Carlos at uh, Jimmy's Tequila Bar in Aspen. Okay. And we started talking about what, you know, what grandpa did, you know, two distilling families, two different countries. But, uh, you know, we had a lot of similarities and we became, you know, we became good friends pretty quick. Tapatio had never been imported in the U.S. And so I, I talked with Carlos. I said, hey, you know, we've got our import license. Let's bring Tapatio in and let's keep it the trophy that it is. But let's take care of your friends. And my friends in the United States that have always been, you know, bootlegging across border, you know, they come down and party okay, with you yeah. down in Mexico, but they can't can't buy it up here because yep. it was never it was never imported up here. He said, "Yeah, you know, let's do it, and we'll build it small, we'll build it slow, and you know, take care of friends, and you know, you know, we're going to make friends along the way, and just build the brand slow, and just like I said, keep keep it the trophy that it is. I mean, Tapatio to me is an icon." of the of the distilling of tequila distilling industry it's been around since 37 so that's what the yeah, 80, 80 years 84 years so the package hasn't really changed much and so it, you know it to me it's it's a pure trophy I, I i agree what what year was it that you guys started importing here to the united states we started with blanco 80 proof liter bottles and 12 packs in 2010 okay and then just started growing the line from there slowly growing it yeah just like i said taking care of friends you know we're a very small family-owned and operated distillery yeah Char charbet out of california you're making other spirits rum mm -hmm. vodkas things like that okay whiskeys yeah yeah, yeah and brandies cool. so you know we we don't have a massive sales force and so you know hey it is what it is. So we were, we we're going to, like I said, we just kept it, uh, kept it small for people who love it. They can get it. 
I want you to see if you could tell us a little bit, you know, beginning with 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 Don Felipe Camarena, who himself, you know, he was born into a family of, of tequila makers going back all the way to the early 1800s. Can you tell us a little bit about the Tapatio brand? Again, we talk about that, the legend, the iconic brand there. But what can you tell us about the brand of Tapatio? You mentioned it, it started around 1937. So there's a lot of history there. Yeah, they had a distillery prior to that, but it burned okay. during the war. And then the Camarena, Carlos, Carlos's family were agave growers. Then one year when there was a an abundance of agave, because it, it's, it cycles. Yeah, the prices. In one period, they'll have an abundance of agave, and then everybody's like, oh, you know, the prices for agave are just are so low. It doesn't make sense for me to grow it. I'm going to grow corn. And then all of a sudden, you know, three, four years go by, and then when all the agave starts to grow and then or not grow because people are growing corn, then all of a sudden there's a shortage. It starts and then, to dry up. And then all the growers are like, oh, God, we got to plant agave now. And then it's another nine years. So it, it's a cycle that has been consistently ebbing and flowing every, yeah. you know, for, for a long time. So in 37, Carlos's grandpa, they decided to start another distillery just outside of Arandas, which is the highlands of tequila. So you, yeah. you go, you can fly into Guadalajara and then and drive northeast about two hours up, up the mountains. And it's about, it's about 7,200 foot elevation. Yeah. Higher elevation highlands. there. Yeah. yeah. It's like Lake Tahoe or something, you know, it's, it, yeah. it's up there. It's beautiful up there. And that's where they built La Atena. La Atena, yeah. Just outside of Arandas. And that is the home of Tequila Tapatio. And Tapatio is a colloquialism for someone from Guadalajara. So if you were from Guadalajara, Doug, you'd be a Tapatio. Okay. Uh, if a lady was from Guadalajara, she'd be a Tapatia. And okay. so they were Tapatios. So they started Tequila Tapatio in 37 up in Altania in, uh, in Arandas. The Tapatio also is... Uh, it was a currency back in the day. It was a it was a gold coin that had almost like triple the value of normal normal currency. So if okay. you had so if you valuable. had the if you had the tapatios, you know, you had the good coin. You had, you had some money. You had some money. <laughs> so and so this was Carlos's grandfather that starts this, and then he eventually passes this on to Carlos's dad, Don Felipe. Yes. And then through that, as he's building it, through that, he eventually gets it to Carlos. And is it Carlos's sisters? I know he's got a few sisters. I think he's got like seven sisters. And is that now it gets passed down to him at some point? And Carlos is now running Tapatio or, or Yes, Carlos. Tapatio. Carlos and his generation are, are running are running the La Altania distillery. And then uh, his brother Felipe uh, now has his own yeah, distillery. Yeah. El Pandillo. El yeah. Pandillo. Making some uh, some tasty tequilas over there as well. Yeah, two brothers that both, I mean, within the industry are are highly respected and regarded as some of the the best master distillers in in the industry. Pretty amazing. Just just all the arms that I would imagine their family history tree would reach out to to show different tequila brands, different distillers as you go through that family tree, which is a, a pretty incredible history there. It is, and they're keeping it real. Uh, no, no diffusers. Uh, no, um, you know, super modern technology. Yeah. But uh, u- utilizing, you know, utilizing technology that is couldn't say simplistic because it's not. But keeping the traditional 
and you know using using modern using some modern technology to improve on that yeah but while keeping know, it traditional but keeping it traditional is just a fantastic way to go because the, you know the, the more you have to do to a product the less you know the less it's going to have at the end of the day correct Correct. Yeah. No, I, you know, a rich history with Tapatio. I, I love, we'll, we'll talk about the bottle as we kind of get into it. I, I love just the branding for it, but I wanted to see before we drink any of it, can you just, you, you being a master distiller, I know you, you are very comfortable. You could go in and say, Hey, Carlos, take the week off. I'm going to come in and, and, and make some, some tequila. Very no, comfortable that'd be with awesome. that. <laughs> can, can, can you talk us through the process of Tapatio, you know, really starting with those mature agaves and kind of going up to that Blanco? Well, it starts, uh, it starts in the highlands for Tapatio. They have several different ranches and the, you know, terroir does make a difference. And so they harvest, they harvest eight-year-olds, nine-year-old agave. Yeah. Real ripe. Yeah. Once it's, once it's harvested, you know, they go through, they go through a field and they, they hand select. They don't just clear cut the whole yeah. the whole place they, they they hand select and it is so much work it is amazing and once the once the agave are selected and cut then they're brought to the distillery the lalitania distillery and then they're cut in half and then they're put into uh, brick ovens that are you know then they steam roast them for okay two days and then they let them sit for a day and then all those sugars have been converted. The starches have been broken down through heat. Yeah, yeah. Um, the waxes have melted and drained out. And what's left is the really roasted, fresh blue agave that uh, then gets put into a shredder. And then for Tapatio, it goes through a modified sugarcane mill press system. Okay. And also, and also the Tahona pit as well. So a lot of those traditional ways of making it just like they did back, you know, yeah. 70, 60 years ago as they were making it still using today. I, you know, I like, you know, talking about, you know, adding technology, but keeping it traditional. I really, I really do like the modified sugarcane mill press because the the longer it takes for a distillery and a distiller to process the sugar and convert convert that sugar into a into a wine or or a beer or or, or a distilling material technically the longer it takes the more oxygen it absorbs and the more uh, more aldehydes you create which then in the distilling process you have to be aware of and you have to make different cuts and when you have to make bigger cuts then your tails cut versus your head's cut has to be different so that okay. it completely balances out. Otherwise, you have misbalanced, uh, yeah. misbalanced distillate, and then it's all messed up. So, for me, I really like the modified sugarcane mill press because it's you know it's a good pressing system. It's not really hard. It doesn't really just destroy the fiber, but it does press out all that juice, and okay. you're able to you're able to really dial in your your mosto, and uh, really make a, a, a fantastic tequila wine. And that's ready for distillation. I do love the the Tejona as well, but it takes longer. Yeah. And like I said, you are adding more. You're adding more air, more oxygen, and you're creating more aldehydes because it's a slower process. So you know, it's just something you you have to understand and deal with. So they're using both of those methods mm-hmm. uh, on on just depending on half and half, or just how they're whatever formula they're using to use some of it with that roller mill, and then having yeah. some of it through the and, Tejona. 
And it makes a difference. Carlos has other brands coming out of Altania as well. You know, Ocho. Yeah. yeah. A ranch-specific, terroir-driven Absolutely. Yep. product, which is a great way to go as well. Yeah. And he does he does a different uh, percentage of Tahona versus sugarcane meal press and it you know it definitely makes a difference in the in the final product for sure. No, you you're you're talking as if you're a distiller, which you you are. <laughs> and as you get into it like that, you know, it's easy to forget how much chemistry and how much math and how much just working through the formulas to get that end product that you're looking for for these guys you know you can say hey they're just making tequila no there's a lot that goes into it and as you know it as you're making your spirits there is a lot that goes into it to get that final product and and not just get it but to also be consistent with it in in batch after batch which is a pretty incredible thing yeah and, and that batch after batch after batch after year after year is a you know is a challenge and as a result of that came a product called tequila tapatio excelencia yeah, we, we will we will get to that. That is my, my white whale uh, of uh, great uh, extra añejos. So, okay, so we, we've, we've now crushed them. We've extracted that juice. Yeah. And now we're moving on to fermentation being that next step there. Yeah, so they go into pine tanks, open top okay. fermenters. And Altenia has been around for a very long time. And so they have they have yeast, a yeast tank that is constantly being recharged and, and pulled from and recharged and pulled from. And the whole distillery is, is open air. So you have the natural wild yeast that are specific to that property. And any of the trees there, any of the, the surroundings The trees, there. the surroundings, the, you know, all the different grasses, all, you know, it, and it just, it brings in, uh, it brings in specific yeasts that are specific right for that property. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you went 25, 25 miles away, you know, you would have, you would technically have different, different strains of yeast that are floating through the air. And so through the years, their yeast culture has mutated into this particular strain, so to speak, of yeast that they keep yeah. propagating. And if you took some yeast from Fortaleza and brought it over, uh, that's, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to get some yeast from some other, <laughs> some other distilleries. It's like, Carlos, let's go get some yeast from somebody else. Cause it's got, it's got some crazy flavor, some top notes from this yeast. He's like, Marco, no, we are not getting yeast from another yeah. distillery. We're keeping our, I'm like, Oh man, but it'd be rad. You know? yeah. Yeast is responsible for like 50% at least of the total flavor of, of your alcohol, because those yeasts are responsible for every molecule of ethanol on the planet. Wow. Okay. Super important. Yeah. You know, but some people yeah. don't don't care about the slight nuances, but others, a lot of people do. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. so, their yeast uh, at Lalitania is uh, very specific to Lalitania. So as a result, they they have that culture, and that's how you get that flavor profile, you know, from Lalitania distillates. And that's a, that's a yeast strand that he he's been keeping active for many many years. I mean, yeah. Yep. Pretty incredible. So now, so now we've got yeast that is eating those sugars, creating alcohol and coming out of those tanks. We are, you know, maybe what, what percent, a, a low percent of, of alcohol there. Yeah. It takes about a week, seven, uh, you know, depending on the time of the year, temperature, but, uh, it, it, let's just call it a week, seven, eight days. And then the agave juice had, has now been fermented into a, uh, into a wine 
into Mosto, and it's about it's about five and a half percent alcohol. Okay, so yeah, that's what I was thinking. pretty low for all yeah. that all of that work that it takes to get there. It's, it's not like, it's not corn, you know, or it's not <laughs> yeah. grapes. Grapes, you know, you look at grapes after you pick them, and they instantly ferment into a thirteen percent alcohol wine. Oh wow! Okay, that's why people have been distilling brandy forever because it's a simple distillation. You don't have to break down starches. All the all the sugar is ready to ferment. You can just put it there. Like I said, the wild yeast floating through is going to nail it. And uh, there you go. You got 13% alcohol, and that's double your, that's more than almost almost triple the yeah. uh, the uh, amount of readily available alcohol to uh, to run through the still. That's so, pretty wild. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. So, yeah, it's five, it's like five, maybe 5%, five and a half percent. And then it goes through a copper alambique still. Yeah. And so there there's three fractions in that run. So, the first part of the distill is the highest alcohol because it's the highest concentration of alcohol in the still at the time. So that comes out and about, you know, 100 and, you know, about 120 or so. And okay, so coming out pretty hot first yeah, round through. Tastes great. And <laughs> then and then you have your hearts and then you have tails and and different things are coming out through time through the temperature increase in the still. So you have your heads which have uh, aldehydes, maybe nail polish remover flavors if if your distillation is oxidized a lot. Okay. And then the hearts are the good clean part of the run. It's the main part of the run. And then later on when the temperature is higher, slightly higher, like we're talking maybe two degrees in the in the still, higher boiling point alcohols are going to start coming over. Fusel oils are going to start coming over. The body starts coming over. So it's super important. So you're creating you're creating the distillate, you know, in the first run. So. Okay. Once you once you distill the mosto, then it's called ordinario tequila, the first run. Yeah, the first and run through. It's about twenty five, maybe twenty five percent alcohol. The okay, hearts. So it just steps it up, steps it up a little bit there. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then so then once you once you have enough ordinario from the agave wine from the mosto distilled, then you put those hearts back into a still, a smaller still, and another copper alambique still. And then you distill that, and now you're making tequila. So when it starts coming over, you've got a little fraction of heads. You've already cleaned it up the first run. The second part of the distillate of Ordinario is tequila. And then, you know, later on down the line, you're going to start having more fusel oils coming through and higher boiling point alcohols that that uh, you don't want to have too much of. Or you want to have just enough to balance what you have in the heads. You know, it's all about balancing heads and tails in the middle and coming up with something fantastic. And then, so coming there, it is a little hotter. And they're going to for the for the regular blanco, which was what you started with here in the United States, that comes off a little hotter. And then they're adding some. Is it demineralized water? They're adding some water to kind of bring that alcohol level down a little bit. Yeah, super clean water. Okay. The average, I would say, the average proof distillate coming off of the stills of Altania is about one fourteen proof. Have you have you tasted that? Have you been able to taste coming oh, yeah. straight off uh, from? You know, yeah, um, it was it's it's awesome. I mean, getting the <laughs> getting the taste of very very top. You know, when it's the highest uh, highest alcohol, it's it's just like chamomile and these cinnamon flavors coming out like a 142 proof and it's just like bright flavors just really intense flavors and it starts fractionating from there it starts you know different things start to distill out and that's what makes the the overall body and flavor of the entire batch you know you can taste it minute by minute sometimes it's changing wow pretty incredible so then and then i read that the blanco 
it is it resting in stainless steel for a, like a few months before it's it's being bottled? Yeah, for sure. You technically could just distill it and bottle it the same day if you wanted to, but every distillate around the world, you know, if you think about it, it was just distilled. It was maybe just distilled twice. Before that, it was just converted into a, a into a wine, and before that, it was juice. And before that, it was in the oven. And before that, it was, you know, on the patio. And before that, it was sitting in, in the, the ground, ground being, being a yeah. plant. <laughs> so there is a, a lot of transformations, uh, many, many transformations, you know, in, the, in that, uh, you know, call it week and a half, two weeks from harvest to, to distillation. And so once you, once you distill that product, it takes time for all the different compounds, all the different things that you've collected in that distillation to kind of line up in their own specific, kind of their own yeah. specific pattern. Okay. And that, that just takes time. Yeah. And so the longer you can, longer you can age a clear spirit, O to V, whiskey, brandy, rum, tequila, and let it sit, let it settle in stainless yeah. uh, if you're going to be, or glass, if you're going to be working, uh, bottling a, a clear spirit, the better. It's just kind of stabilization is happening there. It's just stabilizing. Yeah. You know, it just got yanked out of its life and uh, it's, it's in a completely different, <laughs> uh, completely different form. So it's got to, it's got to get settled in. We've got a few expressions here, starting with Tapatio's Blanco. This is fantastic Blanco. I mean, I, I've only found the liter bottles here in the United States. Yeah, that's all and, there is. Yeah. And for the price point, I mean, it's about 40 bucks where I'm finding it. I mean, super clear. Nose on this is just oh, fresh, bright. I mean, you just you just took a sip and just a smile on I mean, this is such great agave juice. Uh, what can you tell us about this Blanco? Well, yeah, if you ever have the opportunity to go to the La Altania distillery, you can walk the tour and right where the, it's called the patio and right where that's where all the agave get dumped and that's where the the bright green you know the the really herbaceous spiciness flavors yeah. of that fresh picked agave are right there and you can pick those notes out of the tequila and then if you walk behind the ovens by the by the tahona towards the fermenters there's a there's a combination of fermentation and, and and, you know, you have fresh and cooked and fermenting agave all at the same time. And you can pick those flavors out, too. And then you walk towards the stills and you get the, the concentrated, you know, tequila flavors. And then you go towards the barrel room and then you get those flavors as well. So it's kind of cool because once you've been in the distillery and you smell this, you're like... It just brings you oh, back. Oh, man. Yeah. yeah. It's like, this is my favorite spot right there. It's like those, those three steps from the Tohono down towards the fermenters. It's like, this is the, this is the best combination of all the different uh, processes <laughs> all at the same time. It's like, that's the sweet spot for me. It's, and then when I can smell that in the tequila, it's like, oh man, is this, it's just good times. No, this, this Blanco is, is fantastic. I mean, for a liter for, you know, I've seen it around total wine for $40, between 40 yeah. and $45. I just don't know if you can beat that for this quality of tequila <laughs> no, for can't. the amount you're getting in a liter. I'm not trying to kill it with pricing it, you know, and just, and just run it up or anything. I, I, like I said, I'm trying to take care of my friends and Carlos's friends and yeah. keep it the trophy icon that it is. And it's definitely, 
a smoking deal. Yeah, I, I love this Blanco. I, I get that citrus. I get a little bit of pepper there. You know, with that uh, highlands agaves, you know, we tend to a little bit of sweetness there from it. But uh, this warms you up. And, and this is a really great, great Blanco. And then what I'm seeing a lot in the market, which is a really great thing and Tapatio has, is your Tapatio 110, which is a, yep. a you know, a higher proof or almost a, a still strength. For anybody that's not familiar with the higher proofs, talk us through Tapatio 110. The B110, what I call it, it is uh, in the, in the U.S. We can we can sell fifty five percent, one ten proof tequila. Okay, that's the max. It's the max. I wish okay. it was higher. It should they should let it go, because it doesn't matter because you just pay federal excise tax on on how much alcohol is in the bottle anyways, and there you go, and then you have a true expression of a full full strength uncut O to V, which would just be amazing. But so you got to work with what we've got. Yep. And so that number is 110 proof, and and Carlos has you know had had 110 in stainless or 114 in stainless, and it was fantastic. You know, it had been aged for like more more like four or five six months, and so I said, hey, you know, let's let's bottle let's bottle some 110 and get it to the market because when you're making mixed drinks, if you have a if you have a 104 proof or 110 proof. Making a stirred drink, it's the way to go. Going to cut and, through, yeah, because it's it's uncut. So there's the there's the least amount of dilution with water. So you have the most amount of concentration of flavor and body when it's yeah. uncut. Yeah. And so it took a while, but we got it done, and uh, it is the it is the Blanco One Ten proof, and it is a game changer. Truth serum, it is amazing. <laughs> well, I've, I've got some right here. I, it, it's very lightly filtered. That flavor is is just so much there with, totally. with you know not adding that water there. But uh, I'm, yeah, I'm to make go take a sip of this and go yeah, go for it. I would yeah. you know to cut to cut the one ten from one fourteen proof. It's about three point I forget three point four or three point eight gallons of water for every hundred gallons of one hundred fourteen proof to make it one ten proof. So okay. you just it's not even a bucket of water you know that you're going into a 100 gallon tank with it's nothing and so what as a result you're getting the full concentration of the full strength distillate i can taste i mean you can taste the difference between the 110 oh yeah and and the blanco i mean this is more depth that there is some heat i mean there is some bite here i feel it on the tongue sure. on the after but those flavors and and as you let them kind of roll around in your mouth I mean, there's, there's just a lot of flavors building of that citrus, that pepper, that yeah. agave for a real special Blanco. And I love to see a lot of, you know, I'm seeing more high proofs coming out. For you sure. Know, different brands are coming out with their high proof or whatever they're calling it. And and that's a really great experience to say, hey, this is what it was coming off of that still yeah. not being watered down. Now, you do have to start with fantastic quality tequila or distillate. Correct in order to release a higher higher proof because sometimes if you don't distill it right you run into the risk of not having enough body to handle all that alcohol and then when you put it in the barrel or or age it after after a while and then you drink it the alcohol vaporizes and there's not enough body to handle it so it seems even hotter than what it really is you know, and that's just that's just making cuts right. You know, you got you got to focus on the tails, and like I said, balance balance the tails with the heads, so that you have enough body to handle all that alcohol, so that when you do drink it, it doesn't just flash and leave you just like, oh, this is hot. 
yeah. yeah. No, no. Th- these are both great Blancos for anybody yeah. that that's had the Blanco. Pick up the 110 for a really great experience. And then, as you said, you know, in a cocktail, man, it really shines even even more so there. Uh, before we get to the Reposado, I, I want to talk about the bottle because I, I love and, and I'll do on YouTube a recap video and I'll show the bottles for oh, anybody nice. that hasn't seen them. I, I love that this is a liter bottle. It, it is a twist, uh, you know, a, a twist top. So not a cork here. And then the the packaging here of the label and and you know not to disrespect this it the labeling doesn't look like it's as high quality of the juice inside yeah. and and i know that this is is this the original i mean is this the way it's been for almost 80 years have they changed this at all they have made some changes okay. if you look at the excellencia package itself it's kind of yeah. got uh, it's got three different generations of packaging all built into one okay. there's the there's the main label the body label the neck label and then the top label and cap yeah. of the of the excellencia package and those are three different generational parts of different packaging that carlos put all together for the excellencia okay i love this so i i one time i, I love going to stores i love going to total wine and just looking and picking up bottles and reading and i could stand there for an hour two hours hoping that somebody will come up wanting to talk about tequila <laughs> and and i was there one day and a guy came up and he probably thought i worked there and and he started saying you know as i'm engaging him he's asking hey what, what would be a good tequila that isn't going to break the bank is something that has a good size that i can that i can you know use Leader. to make yeah yeah i can yeah Leader, I can right I can here. use, and, and so I picked up the Tapatio Reposado. There you go, and and, and I said, "This is what you need to Bam. get." And man, he looked at me like, Seriously? "Are you sure?" Yeah, because yeah. I mean, when you look at it, if you don't know, I always say, "Those that know." No, when you yep. know Tapatio, you see this bottle and you know. So I love that. I, I think all of that's done intentionally for the brand. I mean, I love that you guys are keeping it old school. This looks like as traditional as it can get for a Mexican tequila. Oh man! And, and he bought it, and and I nice. I want to believe that it was the best decision he made that day. Uh, I, I love the packaging. Make sure you watch the YouTube video as I'll show these bottles. But I just I just love how these bottles are. And, and speaking of the Reposado, I, I've got some here in a glass. Talk us through. Now we're getting into a barrel. So mm-hmm. I see barrels behind you. This is now going into a barrel. How long is this being aged? What what kind of barrels and mm-hmm. what's happening here now that we're getting some barrel contributions? Yeah, so Tapatio Reposado is eight months in old Jim Beam barrels. Okay. So it's eight months and then uh, cut and lightly filtered and 80 proof. There you go. And are these very used barrels? Because I mean, when you look at eight months, this mm-hmm. still has a, a very clear, there are a handful of guys that understand how to be able to age tequila in barrels. And I know Carlos is one of those guys that fully understands how to, how to do that. But are these very old Jim Beam barrels that are very worn or, or do you know anything about the barrels that he's well, using? There's only so many times that you can use a barrel. Okay. Because once you add a hundred proof or over distillate to a barrel, it's gonna it's gonna pull and extract colors and flavors out of that barrel, wherever it comes in contact with. So, once those colors and flavors out of that barrel are extracted from a from a, a an aging session, okay, then they're not there. So that the next batch in that barrel is gonna be lighter. So there's a there's a constant balancing act uh, between uh, newer used oak and 
lesser used oak. Yeah. And so it, that's part of part of the blending program to maintain that specific style and volume of barrel aging flavor. Yeah, on the nose, still picking up, man, still picking up a lot of that that soil, that earthiness, almost yeah. that minerality that he's using. Again, that agave, it, you know, I, I've said it on multiple episodes, it's still front and center. It's the star of the show that, that he wants to make sure he is showcasing that agave. But, you know, you start to pick up, you know, light, little bit of smoke. I mean, a light, light, lightness from that barrel of a mm. little bit of that vanilla, that oak, and, and just a, a really phenomenal reposado to just to just sip on room temperature day drinking doug day drinking yeah this is uh the reposado is uh carlos's you know danger danger bottle there because <laughs> it's just it's very easy and it's a lot of fun to have yeah absolutely absolutely beautiful and then and then we're going to continue it on you know we're, we're still aging he, he didn't pull it out all out of the barrel we've got there in yeho and yeho is going for how long in the same barrels months. Yeah. Same, so same barrels, eight, I assume. Same barrels, an 18-month ride instead of eight months. Okay. And then to to maintain the certain hue, color of, of the Añejos, Carlos made batches of tequila and aged them in brand new barrels for a period of four years or five years on the second, you know, on the second, pa- uh, second fill okay. of those barrels. And he would age those for four years if it's brand new, five years if it was used, and then take it out of the barrel after five years and put it in glass jugs, you know, demijohns, you know, like yeah. 20 liter, 20 liter big glass jugs, and rest it in glass jugs after it had been barrel aged for four years or five years. So it's got intense color. And then he would take that and put that into the Añejo blend that he was bottling just to maybe, just to touch it up to make sure that you maintain the same oak profile in the Añejo from year to year to year to year. Wow. People okay. started tasting, you know, they do the tour, they do a tour maybe at the distillery and hanging out a little bit and they start tasting the tequila that's in the glass chugs and they're like, good, excellent. <laughs> you know, it's like, what is this? And so I said, Carlos, you know, man, this is, this is, this is extra añejo. I mean, this is aged more than yeah. three years in the barrel. It's five years on this second bass. Two, I mean, and then four just years hanging the out in one. a jug for a couple yeah, years. Yeah, let's let's bottle some as extra añejo. You know, he's like, well, this is excelencia. I'm like, it sure is excelencia. I mean, yeah. come on. Yeah. So he designed he designed the package. Like we said, uh, it's got three different generational parts of the tapatio labeling for throughout the years decades yeah. incorporated into that package and when you look at the excelencia it's you're like oh man that's going to be an oaky bastard right there i mean it's just really dark but what happens is carlos double ages that tequila so double aging is when you age something in one type of container be it a, a barrel oak barrel yeah and then you age it in stainless or glass afterwards and that gives the tequila time to balance itself out okay. you know all that color and oak that came out of the barrel now is integrating into the flavors of the tequila and everything everything's lining up in its own lineup configuration and since you're double aging it's just it's balancing out the chain of flavors getting bigger and bigger and longer and longer and longer and longer and it's just it's complexing and just making even more interesting spirit so if you ever have a chance to double age a product it takes time and that takes money 
but it's so it's such the way to go i mean when we carlos and i started talking about that in the beginning i said that's what i do with my rum i i distilled sugarcane from maui and we aged it in stainless uh, about 140 proof as a clear rum for five years and it just developed you know through the years and then i put it in used french oak that had chardonnay in it for my friend's winery in, in napa and you know after three years of that Oh my God. It's one day I tasted it. I'm like, pull this out of the barrel and let's bottle it uncut, unfiltered, <laughs> full barrel strength, 138 proof. And yeah. man, it is brilliantly clean, double aged, and fantastic. And it's just such the way to go if you have the luxury of time and money to be able to, to do barrel aging and double aging like that. So that's what yeah. happens with Excellencia. We get about 200 cases of it for the whole US a year. And it is a it is another pure trophy. Yeah. So, I mean, we you, we went pretty quick through that Añejo. The Añejo, I mean, on the nose, I mean, it's picking up. I mean, to me, oh I, yeah, Añejos are hard for me. I, 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 they're just hard for me. This is one of my favorite Añejos. This Añejo is is so beautiful, and and I mean, on the taste, on the smell, on it's the only aromas, eighteen months, you know. Yeah. So all it's of not over oaked for sure. Not not at all. I mean, beautiful, beautiful. And then you know we're we're jumping to this. Tapatio Excellencia, which, as I said before, this has been the one. I, I've got a buddy, Stephen Morris, from the DFW Tequila Club, great tequila club out of Texas. And he said a couple weeks ago, he said, hey, what's the one bottle that you wish you had in your collection that you don't have? And I said, Tapatio Excellencia. Because oh, this is, it is every list I see of number one rated extra añejos. It is always at the top of that list. And as it you, to be. your point, yeah, to your point, it, it is aged, you know, what, what, five years? It's a five-year-old in the barrel. It's 10 Excellence years in the, in the jug. And then it's bottled like on, in 2017 and now we're 2021. So you're so, looking, so you're Marco, looking at a 21-year-old. I was going you're looking at over 20 years yeah. to get that into your glass to enjoy this extra Añejo. Yeah, it's a 21-year-old with only four years of barrel age. And so, it, you know, and it's aging the whole time. There's two two sides of the argument. Uh, you know, do things change once they're in the bottle? Yes, they do change. You know, we're okay. all we're all in this, we're all on this trip together and we are all changing through the years. Some things change more than others, but there's a period of time that when it's in the bottle, it's going to be changing and developing for sometimes 10, 15, 20 years with the dramatic differences past that it's going to level off and stabilize and you're not going to see as many changes, you know, from year 25 as you to year 30, but between year 10 and year 20, you're going to see some differences every year. Yeah. I mean, that, that XA is one of the oldest on the markets. I mean, there are very few that are taking that long to get to this final product. I mean, beautiful. I mean, Tapatio, this is, I mean, we keep saying iconic and legendary. This is, to me, I mean, this is Mexico. This totally. is tequila. This is history. This is education. Everything wrapped up into this bottle that looks like, I mean, it just looks like you just want to go, this is Mexican tequila. Let's so, party. Let's have yeah, a good yeah. time. And Carlos is like, hey, I'm not, I'm not in the glass business. 
You know, I'm in the tequila business. Correct. And, Correct. you know, this is, you know, the package is, you know, solid because it's old school. Some people don't like it. Hey, you know what? I love That's it. fine. You know, I love it. That's fine. No, I, I love it. M- Marco, I, I, this has been great just <laughs> talking with you. I, I can get a sense that you are a distiller through and through. Again, I mentioned just watching you in your distillery, Charbet, Charbet.com. Want to also, you know, want to make people uh, aware of the, the different spirits that you're making there. Uh, I know to to learn more about Tapatio, they can just go to charbet.com and, mm-hmm. and they can learn more about Tapatio. Any other social media, I found it at, at Total Wine to be able to buy Tapatio. A- anything that you have to add for social media, Instagram, I know they're pretty active on Instagram or anything like that. I always see a lot of different posts I think going on. I think it's Tequila. Tequila Tapatio is their Instagram to be able to, to follow them. But great brand for all those listeners. Find some Tapatio. It's very red. I mean, are you in every state or do you know how many? Uh, we're in about 21 states. 21 states. Okay. Uh, yeah. So very accessible. Yeah. So, I mean, if you go to Charbet.com, we can help you out with where, you know, where, where you live, yeah. uh, what stores uh, ship to you. I wish we could ship retail direct, but we can't, uh, but that's okay. Yeah. And so, yeah, we do all our, we do our best to, uh, to make sure that, like I said, we're taking care of our friends and taking care of Carlos's friends and taking care of people who want Tapatio in the United States. I'll have on the description for this episode, I'll have a link to your website cool. and, and to easily to accessible to make sure that people can find it. But thank you, Marco. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah, thank man. you for sharing oh, this is fun the for history. Me. I, I could sit around and drink tequila in the middle of the day. This is awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> little time. You're, you're on a Pacific time zone. I'm on Eastern time zone. It's a little earlier for you, but thank you so much. And again, I want to encourage anybody to check out Tapatio Tequila. Marco, thank you again. Thanks, Doug. Appreciate it, man. That was Marco from Charbet Distillery, proudly representing Tapatio Tequila. You can go to charbet.com, C-H-A-R-B-A-Y.com to learn more about Tapatio and other spirits. Be sure to check out the Agave Social Club channel on YouTube as I have episode recap videos as well as other fun content. You can follow me on Instagram at Agave Social Club and shoot me a message if you're interested in having me host a live virtual tasting event for your friends or coworkers. I'm Doug Price and thanks for listening.